This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the podcast that supports people on OnlyFans because we really want them to buy a pair of pants. I'm your co-host, Alice Vaughn, and with me, I have my lovely guest co-host, Kate Kennedy. Kate, you know, I, I keep paying money and there's still no pants. I've weirdly actually received like three pairs of pants off my Amazon wish list in the last couple of weeks. They have all been sweatpants. So the people know what I want. Uh, also, as a casual aside, I currently have a big mouth billy bass at the top of my list that I would really, really, really like. They're back in production after several years of being unavailable. It's only made by like this one small company in Minnesota. Like they sell for like $200 on eBay. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, dude. They're hard to find. I left mine in Denver because I'm stupid. I didn't know this. Xander, did you know there was a monopoly on big mouth billy basses? I had no idea that it was that. I mean, I can imagine why. Because I like, you remember the commercials? Like, I'm 32. So, like, I remember like being like 12 and those commercials coming on. Like, that's fucking awesome. Like, I was like, I want one of those. And now I'm, I'm happy to know they're back. Does it still sing the same songs? It's still like down by the river. Take by me the to water. the river. Drop like, me in the river. water. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't okay. worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Ah, oh, dude. Sick. I love it. <laughs> I like how you said I'm 32 as if you were signifying you were old and I'm about to turn in a few days 31. No, I'm just saying I remember I was there. All right. It's that generation. I'm almost 27. My grandpa had one when I was a kid at his like hunting cabin. Right. I was obsessed with it. So I probably should introduce our fantastic guest we have today. So we have an FFM going on. We have porn star, director, producer, I would say as well, uh, Xander Corvus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm Xander Corvus. That's that's who I am. <laughs> yeah. And fellow comrade, yes. which frankly, I'm fascinated that the government now finally redistributes cum the way they're supposed to. We've been fighting for it for a long time and now it's our cum. So that's what we've been wanting. Yeah. <laughs> Power to the people. <laughs> the people's cum. Yep. It's great. <laughs> I've always wanted to specify the type of cum I get from the government, but if it's just like one-tenth of a hundredth millionth Xander, then you know what? I, I can settle for that. Oh, my gosh. Well, there's there's always like OnlyFans, you know? There's always the private reserve. That's always a thing. <laughs> have you ever had that request? I have, yeah. Have you ever done it? Yes, I have, kind of. What do you mean kind, kind of? of? You know how people want to buy like used underwear and shit? Yeah. Yeah. People want to buy like your jizzed in underwear sometimes. And I'm like, for five hundred fucking dollars, yeah, dog, I'm like, I'll send you that. That's that's really fun. You can buy these. <laughs> it's like I paid fifteen for them, so awesome. So I've I've done a lot of weird shit, I guess. I mean, that's a sweet deal. Yeah. And it's also a lot easier than I mean, underwear is a lot easier than trying to do it into a test tube. I've never done that actually, which I find on its own would be like strangely erotic. Like the idea of like donating sperm to like a just like jerking off into a cup for science. I'm like, that's that's hot as fuck. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm super into that. <laughs> you must have no problem giving a urine sample. No, no, that's that's boring. Yeah, yeah that's that's like, yeah, that's, that's it's boring until you're at talent testing and they're like about to close and you can't fucking pee. Oh, I've had and that then happen. It's like, oh, it's high yeah. stakes. This <laughs> yeah. high Absolutely. Movie. I'm just like, is there any tricks I know? Like turn the water on, like just try to like do anything I can. I'm literally just like looking like, like, like basically <laughs> just, trying to make myself squirt. Squirt to into it. it. <laughs> yeah. And like apologizing through the door. Be like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, can I have a towel? <laughs> I usually, the way I do it is like, I always have like this, like the, the soda stream. I'll chug at least a bottle and a half. 
before I leave. Cause I know like my system's fast as hell. And so like, I'll chug like a bottle and a half, like 10 minutes before I leave. And then by the time I get there, I'm like in the Uber, like, Fuck! like, Oh my God, <laughs> like moving in my seat. Cause I have to pee so bad and it like hurts my stomach. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay. <laughs> and then I finally get in there and I'm just like, Oh my God. And then if yeah. there's a line for the bathroom, Oh yeah. Fuck. You got to figure out a system at that point. That's tough. <sighs> I've never had to wait at a, uh, a talent testing. If somebody else is getting like blood drawn, I'll be like, I'm going to pee while you're doing that like, because I have to go like now. So you'll get it next. Yeah. I always ask to pee first because I don't like needles. So I'm like, as soon as this goes in, like I'm going to fucking want to piss myself. So anyway, so I'd rather go first <laughs> and empty <Yeah>. the tank. <laughs> See, and you know what? That has never been an issue for me. Needles or like any of that kind of stuff doesn't bother me at all. But I almost throw up every single time they throat swab me. No. And they like laugh when I come in because they're like, oh, there he is. Like, and because every time, like, I have to like grab the seat. I have the worst guy, like, even brushing my tongue, like, at home, I'm like, Bleh! every fucking morning. And then I have to sit there for like a solid 30 seconds, just like grabbing the sink, like, okay, don't throw up. Yeah. So every single time I'm in there, it's a production. Thank God that I don't have that problem. I, the worst <laughs> part of porn for me was get it was the needles. But man, if I had the gag reflex thing, I think I would have retired a lot sooner. <laughs> I mean, hey, there's a market for it, probably. There is. <laughs> In the free horny market. Yeah, I'm sure there's a market for girls like over choking on things. Like catatonic, yeah. like, like down on the dick, like, like a big math billy bath. Like, <laughs> And you got to say, don't worry, be happy when you're like <laughs> all in your balls deep. <laughs> Please take me to the river. Put me out of my misery. <laughs> What's amazing is uh, you guys both come from the industry, but have you guys ever boned? No. No, we have not. What happened? I think for most of my career, Xander was under like a browser's contract because I know he's done yeah. a lot for them and I never worked for them. I, I wasn't their look. So we never got to. Well... I'll tell you what, like there definitely, there was like a look, you know what I mean? Like when you look at old browsers and like old, you know, the company in general, you, you know, big boobs, fucking whatever. It's, it's that thing. Yeah. And I'm actually super happy that they've driven away from that a bit. You know what I mean? I like the idea of like, you know, there's some of the biggest sites that there is. And I love seeing like all different types of women who don't fit that like porn star, like 90, because to just be honest, it's the 90s fucking porn star look. It's not. Yeah. Xander, it's because those people were still paying for it. That's why they kept producing it. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's 100%. Yeah. So they've stepped in a lot of new directions that I actually really, really am happy about. That's awesome. Because you direct for them too, correct? I have a couple things. Yeah, I did like, well, I came up with the idea and then the writers helped put my like insane idea into something that was shootable as like a porn movie <laughs> instead of like a full on like movie. Like I put it together in my mind. They were like, yeah, this is great, but like we need like this many pages. Okay. <laughs> Me and Billy Visual actually sat and like directed that together and it was awesome. Yeah. Nice. I always loved working for Billy. They're great. Yeah, Billy's cool. It's always a fun day on set with Billy. Yeah. I did a lot for him for Girls Way. I did a lot of like girl-girl stuff too. I did a lot of like pretty porn where you're not quite like a teen, you're not quite like a milf, just like pretty. Yeah. And you're like doing whatever. Like that was always kind of more like... Not a girl, not yet a woman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did a lot of horny grandpa porn for a while. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, there's a market for everything. It's like the idea of Rule 34. Like, if there's a thing, people will jerk off to it. Like, no matter what, 
trust me, I've delved deep into the horror show that is Reddit and found all types of weird shit. Like, so it's definitely real. I love Reddit. I'm obsessed with Reddit. It's so fun. Yeah. One of the D&D games I play in, one of my friends, she's a really cool activist and performer and does like all this cool shit. Somehow we were playing D&D and hentai got brought up because why not? <laughs> there was like a whole thing where like we were talking about a minotaur, right? And we were just talking about getting fucked by a minotaur. Somehow that happened. I was like, oh, there's plenty of hentai of that. She was like, really? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I sent her a couple subreddits. And like you saw throughout the entire like two hours of the rest of the game. Like she's just like not paying attention to the game at all. And at one point you notice like she had like <laughs> she had gotten her vibrator out. And she's like on like she's on Zoom. We're playing D&D on Zoom. And she's like just sitting there. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And she's like. Oh, nothing. I was just uh, reading some articles and I was like, you're jerking off the the Reddit hentai, weren't you? It was was really funny. You know, if people knew how many nerds were in porn, I think they would watch more porn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every other porn star, I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm really into D&D. I play video games. Like, you name the most obscure, geeky stuff. They will quote it back to you. It's amazing. I love it. It's like all the theater kids were like, you know what? I need a good bone. We're going into porn. Yeah, and it's a very accurate analogy there. Like, I'm in three D&D games and a Pathfinder game. And then I'm I'm working on starting another Warhammer 40,000 army because I just have, like, more time now. (laughs) So... (laughs) Between all the other crazy shit I do, I crave more nerd stuff, which has been great about Twitch, too. I'm, I'm glad that I'm, like, actually doing okay on Twitch and, like, able to stream video games and all that stuff. It's fun. Yeah, I'm about oh, to start sweet. streaming on Twitch, too. Oh, nice. Yeah, but I only play Stardew Valley, so it's literally just going to be me sitting here <laughs> playing farming. a farming game. <laughs> I, fucking, yeah. I fucking love Stardew. Yeah, I play it for, like, five, six hours a night. Like, easily I'll play That's for That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm just like, all right, I might as well make money do it. Like, this is... People love that game, too. I love it. There's a new update. So I'm like, okay, cool. I want like, I'll start a new farm and do a new fucking update. <laughs> I was going to do yeah. Animal Crossing, but frankly, I'm not very good at Animal Crossing and I don't really like want to tell the world about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I never. It's like a game you can't be bad at and I am bad at it. <laughs> I never really played too far in Animal Crossing. Like the first one for what? Was that GameCube? Right? Yeah. Yeah, I played that for a little bit, but like I've always been an edgelord. So I'm, I've always been playing like Dark Souls. Like I'm playing through Demon Souls, the remake. I hesitate to look at how many hours I've spent playing Dark Souls 3. Like, I feel like it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours. Like, Do you use Steam where it, like, logs how many hours you've played when you go to launch the game? I don't know how to do it on the PlayStation anymore. Like, I don't yeah. know how to do that on this one. Yeah, because it shows you if, you, if you're not familiar with this, like, what, every game you have on Steam before you go to launch, it'll say, like, yeah. hours played. And you have to, like, face that reality before you decide oh, to, like, yeah. log another five hours. Oh, my God! Holy shit, dude. Okay, there's this what game called it? Mountain Blade Bannerlord, and it's you just get to create, like, your own army to like usurp a kingdom and it's like whole like full like 500 on 500 like knights and horses battlefield shit it's insane 517 hours ah okay i feel better i'm like closing in on 300 hours on stardew right now but i've been playing it for two years so oh my god that's jesus 48 hours of among us (laughs) (laughs) that is wild have you guys seen the among us game where there was like 100 plus players no, I haven't. Oh, what? That's crazy. Yeah. I play a live action version of Among Us with my comedy store friends. Really? And we play like, yeah, we play League. It's called Mafia. Okay. 
And it's kind of like Secret Hitler or like Werewolf. They all come yeah, yeah, from yeah. the same. Yeah. So like we play the OG, like we, because we're all fucking nerds. We'd play in the parking lot with like 20 or 30 people. <laughs> and like we got, we, oh man, we'd get, we'd play till we got kicked out and then we'd go play again at someone else's house. But yeah. we'll play till three or four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And it's just a group of like, and it got to the point where there's like a core league of like 10 or 11 of us that will come in to like the store to just like hang out and work. And somebody will be like, mafia, mafia, mafia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mafia and then like we all play and now everyone like knows their tells we like shot a podcast of it like yeah we played it for like two months before we turned it into work i've definitely learned the tells like because we for we have a sex worker mutual aid fund that me and some of my friends run out here in vegas nice do you guys know who the surfs are they're like a left-wing youtube channel i know about this because i was invited to do this and i forgot about it to do the the stream yeah, Matt Slayer was like, hey, come okay, yeah. do it with us on like Friday. And then I forget what happened, but I was like at a show or something. And I was he like, yeah. me, he's like, you gotta log on. I was like, fuck. Anytime. Yeah, we play every Friday. But like last Wednesday, we we played with the Surfs and they're a huge channel. And he hosted us to play because I'm I, like, we build like tiny houses for like the unhoused down here in Vegas and stuff. It's really cool. So like just through like mutual aid and like leftism online, like stuff I've, I've gotten in touch with them. Yeah. We raised over $5,000 on a, on the Wednesday for our mutual aid fund. And it was crazy. Like Chelsea Manning played with us and like, it was like, yeah, it was fucking wild. It was so cool. And so like, it was a bunch of like online leftists and cool people like came and played with a bunch of porn stars to raise money for our mutual aid fund. It was pretty tight. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question about the tiny house situation. So first off, how much does it cost to build a tiny house? 600 bucks. Seriously? Yeah. Shut the front door. Yeah. For Yeah. There, there's a front door too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's like, yeah, these are I like. I thought that was extra. Yeah. <laughs> no. So like these tiny houses are, um, a lot of people out here in Vegas have, they set up camps basically just like in LA or wherever, you know, there's like tent, little tent camps where like, there's, you know, like the one that we were building at before was there was like 70 people living at the camp or 50 to 70 people at a time living there. And they had like a fresh water spring. Like it was at this like wash off the freeway and we'd put 27 huts up there. And these huts, you know, it's, it's like you can put a bed in there and maybe a shelf and it has like a door to like lock the front so you can keep your stuff together in a thing. You know what I mean? That's the whole point. Yeah. Give some people some security and let them like feel a little safer, have a roof over their head for an insulation and stuff for like the elements and and being out here, especially in Vegas where it's extreme weather. So as someone who has fought with her local municipality, how does it work when it comes to like finding the area and the land you could put the tiny houses on? And I mean, do you have to buy the land? Is that donated? Is it just, I, I have no idea. I ask because I don't know. Basically, if, if the state can't make any money off of helping people, they're not going to. They don't care. So at this last camp that we did, we put up almost 30 of these fucking houses. And then one morning I get like these texts from our, we're a bunch of anarchists and shit. So like we don't have leaders, but we have the people who they're in charge. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, well, you don't have leaders, but do you do, do you have a permit? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, so, you know, we get a text from our guy and, uh, he starts sending videos of like, they're bringing all these bulldozers into the encampment where we had built all these things, displacing all these people who've been there for like a year, you know, and nobody's using this land. Nothing's happening there. Like they're not causing any trouble or problems. They're minding their own business and just people who have been put in this shitty situation by 
our capitalist nightmare world and they uh we were trying to help them out and like they pull whatever strings they can to destroy anything like that because they just want the homeless people to be gone they're not trying to help them you know they just want them gone and it's just like these are fucking people dog like they're not a nuisance these are fucking humans who are alive it sucks and that's the thing that happened here but you know we just keep rebuilding any way we can so that's awesome and where can people find your fun if they want to donate to it Okay, the, the sex worker mutual aid, it's called Swade, S-W-A-I-D, Vegas.org. And then the other one would be um, patreon.com slash newleafcommunity would be the Patreon of the place where we build things. Sweet. So I'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. Tight. Yeah, hell yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> it's amazing how certain cities handle homelessness, some great, some poorly. Yeah. I, like I had a friend on the city budgeting committee in New York City, and he was telling me, it's like, yeah, every homeless person, if they want to have a bed to sleep in, can. And here's a hotline that you can call. So if someone's sleeping outdoors, call and we'll get them, which is fantastic. But of course, you know, there's other issues, you know, such as, you know, people steal from each other. They don't always feel safe. The other issue with that, like, too, is like, there's a lot of means testing type shit when it comes to the state doing anything like that. So they'll say, okay, you can't, we'll put you in this facility where we like have, we'll take care of you and do all this kind of stuff, but you can't drink or you can't smoke or you can't smoke weed or like, or you can't bring your dog. That's a huge one for people. Pets. Or like your children, if you have like older teenage, like if you're yeah. a single mom and you're, you have a teenage son who's maybe like 16, 17, they'll split you up because you can't be in a oh, woman's shelter. It. Yeah. So there's yeah. like all of these caveats that prohibit a lot of people, even though there is help. There's so many caveats on it. It yeah. prevents people from utilizing it. It's yeah. the same thing that they're like, they're trying to do now. These fucking billionaires are trying to do now with the um, aid checks, right? To like help us with the pandemic stuff. Like. They're like, well, we should only make sure it's the people who need the money who get them. Like, fuck oh you, you God. billionaire piece of shit. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You don't know what it is to need anything. Like, fuck off forever. Like, <laughs> What I also find fascinating is it's people in Congress who aren't even billionaires who are deciding this who are also like, yeah, yeah, I make $200,000 plus people at 50K cap it there. Yeah, so. it's insane. Like, also, it's it shows how fucking stupid some people are. And no offense if anyone who's listening didn't know this already. You're not stupid, but you're also not passing laws against helping people. The economy doesn't run by how well Wall Street's doing. The economy doesn't run by how much money these major corporations and these billionaires are making. Of course. The economy runs on us buying shit, on humans, regular people making purchases and, and having the markets go like like that. That's how our economy runs. Even that's the, like the arguments against like UBI. Like UBI would be great. And people are like, well, some people are going to spend it on drugs. Like, who fucking cares? Like, why does that matter? Like, why does it matter? Like, good. I hope. Fine. Have fun. If you're able to, like, handle your life a little bit better and buy some weed. Fuck yeah, dude. Like, that's, you know, it's amazing. I found it over controlling when they were like, but you can't spend it on Doritos, you know, just because you have an EBT card, you know, you have to spend it on fresh fruits and groceries. It's right. like, really, Karen, you you know what's going to last long in a pantry. Please tell me more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you've ever seen someone check out at a grocery store using an EBT card, you know that no one is fucking defrauding that system. Like no one's yeah. stocking up on canned tuna and peanut butter. Yeah. Fucking, <laughs> yeah it's, it's so sad. I remember the first time that I like saw someone 
doing that, especially for one person. It was like a girl that was like about my age and we looked really similar and I was getting all these groceries and she was in front of me and I like noticed her, like what she had was weird. I was like, this is it's all like powdered milk and like stuff. And they like made her put back like a thing of milk. It was just like horrifically upsetting. Aid isn't telling people how, what they need to do or how they need to like live their lives or whatever. Like, cause people are going to do whatever they want. And that same argument can be made against, you know, we all know half of these billionaires and shit are spending thousands and thousands of dollars a month on us as escorts. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't tell me how to spend my money. <laughs> you piece of shit. Like, <laughs> You know, you're fucking it away too. Like we should be allowed to do whatever we want with our money as well. And and the fact that like half of our taxes anyway, go to dumb shit that doesn't affect us in our worlds at all as like, as regular Americans, you know, like, Oh, like a trillion dollars for the, for the fucking military. Like clearly we need that. We're not already the most powerful fucking like, like thing. Like, you know, Excuse you. I plan to use that jet one day. Oh, me too. If I, Oh dude, if we could take rides in them and shit, that'd be fucking hell. Yeah. Like I'd be down. Like, Actually, this is how you get the community involved in, you know, being supportive of the military even more. So it's like, yeah, you want to buy that tank? Give the public tank rides. Yeah, we get tank rides like once a month. We get to go through like an old abandoned like a uh, junkyard and just crush cars and shit in a tank. Like that would help a lot, you know? I want to LARP Fury. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I LARP Mad Max in my mind a lot. <laughs> I actually went to a place called Drive Tanks. They're based in Texas. And the amount of LARPing and Fury requests they have is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Because they have, like, massive tanks. They have World War II tanks. They have, like, newer. They have older tanks. You name it, they probably have it. They also have, like, an insane amount of acreages and things like ostriches and, like, 80 different exotic species. Things where I'm like, is this supposed to be in Texas? Great fucking question. Who knows? We don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other side of capitalism I love. I can't think of a place else where that would exist. Yeah, actually, yeah, for sure. I'm like, to come up with a different state. Some Tiger King shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if I could just reenact that one scene where, like, dude jumps off the tank or there's that Nazi on a horse, <laughs> you just get to tackle a guy off a horse, that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, that was a great movie. That was a great movie. I called my dad after I watched the movie. He's like, Dad, have you seen this movie? He's like, I fucking love that movie. I was like, <laughs> okay. And then I got a blow by blow. I was like, you know, I'm calling you because I just watched it. And he's like, that movie's fucking awesome. I'm like, cool, Dad. Thanks. Fuck yeah. Dad sounds rad. <laughs> like Brad Pitt. Or no, it's Brad Pitt. Yeah, Brad Pitt. Right? Yeah, it's Brad looking, Pitt. Yeah. Looking fucking beautiful as shit in that movie, too. Right. Older Brad Pitt with the hair and shit. You're like, fuck, bro. I want to look like that. Killing Nazis. My dad <laughs> likes any movie where Brad Pitt kills Nazis. So it's like his. Oh, and they also have Nazi memorabilia. Who does? They do? Well, it not not because they want to. It's because of <laughs> historical reasons. They're one of like the few museums. No, it's not because they're pro-Nazi. I swear to God. They are licensed as a museum. And um, you know those big fucking banners that like Hitler would heil next to yeah, those yeah, yeah. ones big, that would the be draped? They have those. Yeah. Like they have the original ones. Yeah, that's wild. My great-grandfather stole some Nazi shit, too. I think really in World War II, everybody did. Yeah. He was a black guy in Europe at the time. The idea of just being a black dude in World War II, like, in Europe, was insane anyway. So it's like, yeah. I like I would have definitely grabbed some shit. Like, even, no matter what, I would have totally grabbed some shit. I remember he had, like, a... Just, I always think about, like, his experience, like, being there, like, after D-Day and stuff, and just, like, thinking about, like, imagine okay like on the counterparts of like all like the white soldiers around you whatever like the american soldiers 
and then just realizing that you are an absolute like omega target <laughs> like you know what i mean oh, like yeah. you're you're they d- definitely didn't want you there half the time his own dudes probably didn't want him there so it's like a whole crazy experience but did you guys ever see the dead snow movies no no oh my god you gotta watch dead snow it's incredible like the first one is really good but it's like you can tell like it was like basically like uh, almost like a not a vanity project but like a fun project for this like norwegian filmmaker and it's about these kids who like go up to this cabin and they find this gold underneath this cabin thing and they find like a like a box of like old like Nazi gold and they're like, Oh, this is cool and they like take some and whatever and then all of a sudden it of course of course wakes up the Nazi zombies that are buried in the snow and then they come and try to kill the kids <laughs> and then like they fight and then the second movie is just like you can tell like because of the success of the first one and how campy and ridiculous it was. They got like massive crowdfunding to make the second one, and the second one is just insane. One of the best horror comedies I've ever seen. It's really, really good. I'll have to check it out. I feel like I've definitely heard of this movie. So speaking of Europe, actually, I want to switch gears for like two seconds. Kate, you have a new podcast where you're interviewing cam girls who are based in Europe. Yes. And I want to hear all about this because you're doing like some wild... Yeah, you're, and you you were talking to me about like how all of their favorite food is like European sushi, and I'm my family's from Europe, and I still don't understand what that means. Yeah, I think the tagline for this podcast is very quickly becoming "Would you eat sushi in Bucharest?" <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> you're the first person who said yes. Yeah, definitely. I've literally asked everyone I know. Like, I asked my mom. I was like, "Would you?" And she's like, "No." And I was like, uh, "It's a landlocked former <laughs> former Soviet country." Like, I don't think. Although I do really want to go now. Yeah, so uh, I'm hosting a new podcast. It is called Cam Girl Chronicles, presented by I'm Alive. Uh, it's really fun. It kind of pulls back the curtain, peers into the wild and wacky world of Cam. It's a mostly safe for work comedy podcast where we just kind of show that these girls are... And, I, you know, it's so interesting because like, even as a sex worker, I think we still tend to have biases against other sex workers, whether those are, like, inherent. Obviously, you try to, like, address that and work through it, but, like... I've joked with people where I'm like, yeah, like there's definitely the bias of like the Eastern European hooker. Oh, yeah. Like the Russian stripper, always the scariest one at the strip club. And her name's yeah. always Svetlana and she's fucking terrifying. <laughs> yeah. But she's like actually like a really nice, like sweet person. She's just intense because, yeah, like a lot of people like even like yeah. my my friends, like Russian performers and stuff that I've like like interacted with and stuff like they're just intense people like like the people i've met like i'm not saying every mm-hmm. russian is this way i'm just saying like a lot of the russian people i've interacted with in my life are intense but never like 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 i had these two russian neighbors who were fucking incredible like when i was living back in la he was a a musician in like a russian funk band in like the fucking 70s and shit and they were like this famous band like they showed me their music and shit and i was like this is fucking awesome really cool but he uh he was very quiet and reserved and like Tati was like very loud and like fun and like would always every morning, like if I talked to them the night before, we would drink vodka together out on the fucking balcony and shit. And then she would like leave like Tupperwares of like Russian food that she made, like on my part of the balcony. And I would like eat it. And I was like these pancakes, all different types of cool shit. And I was like, man, they're so like all the Russian people I've known in my life have just been super interesting and like fun. Yeah, they are. They're super nice. And I think it is definitely cultural and that they are intense and it's also the language the language just sounds really intense too but all of these girls speak 
amazing English. They constantly are apologizing. I'm like, do you have any idea how much better your English is than my Romanian? Like, holy shit. English is better than mine, so I don't know. (laughs) They're just fun. They're they're bubbly. They're sweet. Like, I want to hang out with these girls. They're so cool. And, like, every their stories are so funny. They're just very cute. They take their job seriously. Like, it's been such a fun project. I do have to, like, get up at 6 a.m. now to, like, interview them because there is a 10-hour time difference because I live in Los Angeles. But, yeah, it's been an amazing project. I'm, like, loving working on it. I'm, like, on a big PR hustle the next few weeks going on a whole bunch of other podcasts to plug it. Um, Our first episode comes out February 14th, and it runs through – the first season runs through April right now. So it's been really, really fun. I'm really excited. I hope people listen to it. You can check it out more at camgirlpod.com. Link in the bio. I'm going to tweet that shit, too. Thank you. Yeah, it's been really fun. So how long have you guys been doing this? This is my first time guest hosting for Alice because she called me last week. No, well, you've been on the show before and I you've have. guest hosted before. You're right. I have because we interviewed uh, Jen Gunter Don't together. Don't lie. No, I definitely have. Yeah. And also with David Smalley. Oh, yeah. And I feel like we reviewed a porn with like someone else. I mean, I've definitely done reviews of pornos on the show as well. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, now because I retired from professional adult shoots in March of last year, at the beginning of COVID. So I've just kind of been moving more into (laughs) podcast. I know it wasn't a plan. And then I literally shot my last scene like March 13th. It was like the day before we went into lockdown. Yeah. 15th was the day. I remember Mm -hmm. because I worked the day before. (laughs) I was just like, oh, it's over. Okay. Like, yeah. It was a weird, I don't know what your experience going to set that day was, but for me, it was, I mean, the vibe was so weird, like getting to set. And then we shot the scene and it was, it was for Casey Calvert for Girls Way and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously wonderful Casey's director to work for. Very yeah, fun. Casey's but like, fucking awesome. the whole vibe, I had to like get jewel pods at a 7-Eleven on the way there. And like, it was the first, like none of it was normal yet. So like the people with the masks and the gloves and everything, and it was like raining. It was like one of the few rainy days in LA. And like, mm-hmm. I was just, it felt so like apocalyptic. And I was like, yeah. oh shit. And then like all of the stuff with not knowing the testing and it just like my birthday ended up being a few weeks later and I was like kind of looking at it. I was like, I think this is it might be time to call it mm-hmm. and move on to a new adventure. Yeah. The universe is really pushing <laughs> right yeah, now. It's, it's so weird. Like I was just thinking about that the other day too, just like how like I was in LA, I was living in Santa Monica for like a year when I was like right when the pandemic hit, like a year before that. And I just remember like every day, like looking out, like I lived like right on sixth and Broadway. Like I was, it was, it was a cool building, like all like windows. So I could always see the sidewalk and see all this traffic, like all these people, you know, there was always a bunch of people walking down the street down there. And like the restaurants were always busy. And then, yeah, as soon as that shit like really went off, it just was just this fucking ghost town. And I was like, this is so fucking scary, dude. Like it was so unsettling and just weird. Like walk into the fucking the yeah. store with like masks on and nothing being on the shelves. Like you're like, what the fuck? And everyone <laughs> you know has I mean? huge grocery carts. I mean, I think I went out yeah. and spent like four hundred dollars on groceries before we yeah. went in because everyone was just like, it's two weeks. And then I was like, all right, whatever. Like my family's a little preppery, so I know how to handle this. And like, right. but I do think that experiencing this pandemic in a big city, whether it's like LA or New York or Vegas, like it, it is so fucking different than the experience people have had in smaller towns. Like I've tried yeah. to explain this to my parents for months. Like they haven't had to stop going to church. It's very normal for them. And I'm like, when what? I'm like, oh, I don't want to go out. I'm like worried about this. They were like, what? what are, what's going on? I'm like, this is very different. Just the laws are different, obviously. Like whether or not we are allowed to go do things. 
Like now we're allowed to have outdoor dining again in LA, but a lot of places aren't even bothering to open up because they've opened and closed so many times. It costs so much money to yeah. do that, that they're not like comedy stores not open still. So as an, I'm not going to say former New Yorker because I lived in New York for almost a decade. So I was in New York when the pandemic started and I left. The listeners of the show know that I left at the end of December uh, for my two-year hiatus of traveling around the country in 24 different cities, a month in each city. It's very COVID safe because I have a car and I don't go anywhere. Uh, so why pay New York rent, right? And I have to say already the change, like the first night when I was in Savannah, uh, we rolled up on a Friday. So Fridays are generally going to be busier anyway. And we were staying in the downtown area. When I saw, looked around, I saw at least half the people did not have their masks on. And I just came from New York where everybody was masked up. Wow, what a culture shock. Now I'm in Orlando. Uh, so imagine pre-pandemic, that's how it is here. Yeah. With yep. like 10% masks. It's insane. And honestly, I think a lot of that comes from, um, the Trump cult shit. Like it's just these people who just look at science and they're like, fuck that shit. Freedom. It's like that. They don't, what? Like how, how do you rationalize that shit? Like, it's so stupid. <laughs> like, it's like, you're going to believe they politicized masks. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that's the thing is like, it became like Dems and libs and fucking lefties wear masks and us brave right wing, whatever. We're, we're standing up to the virus. Like, Oh, that's cool. You're going to beat it up. You fucking idiot. Is that what you're going to do? Like how, like what? Like it just, it was just a, it was mind blowing. And don't get me wrong. I mean, no one wants to see small businesses suffer. And I understand like there is a logic to saying, hey, you know, these small businesses are suffering, but the answer can't just be let, let's have people reopen in a pandemic, yeah. you know, especially since, I mean, as we were talking about before, we don't even have the second part of the stimulus checks and it's been over a year almost now. Well, and they didn't have to. Like the thing is, the, the biggest no. part of that is the small businesses didn't have to suffer. So at the beginning they gave the $2.2 trillion to major firms and like banks and all this kind of stuff. Right. That was awful. They didn't need to do that. There was no fucking reason to do that. If they wanted to actually help the American people, like if our government actually was a government for the people, it would have taken that $2.2 trillion and given every American, like every person living in this country, they could have given everyone all what 330 million. They could have given us each 15 K to $20,000 checks. Right. 15 to $20,000 checks and just said, stay the fuck home for three months. Don't fucking go outside. Don't do anything. Like all the businesses stay here. We'll cancel all the rent on all this kind of stuff. We'll take care of it. 15,000 to $20,000. And we would not have to be worrying about any of this shit. Hundreds of thousands of people wouldn't be dead. Yeah, unfortunately, the logic behind that was that they could fuel the businesses, which would in turn help fuel right. individuals. Yeah, but you can't fuel a business that can't do business. Yeah, and obviously, like, did that happen? No. Like, no. <laughs> obviously didn't happen. But that's how, that's how they always trick us with everything. They're like, oh, trickle-down economics. That'll, that's, it'll trickle down. Didn't happen. Doesn't happen. Won't happen. Like, you got to help the people. My mouth is open and ready to be trickled upon. Um, <laughs> Please trickle me. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. I mean, like, and here too, it's kind of gotten, it's getting to a point where like, obviously, like, I believe in science, I wear a mask, blah, blah, blah. But like, it's gotten to a point where it's just absolutely ridiculous here. Like the Glendale Galleria is open, but you can't do an outside comedy show. 
So I can go eat a slice of pizza with 500 people at the Glendale Galleria and go buy a fucking button down at H&M, but I can't do a backyard show where everyone's six feet apart with 10 people. That's yeah. illegal. I can get like a $1,000 fine for that, but yeah. I can go expose myself to hundreds of people. Like, it makes no sense. I mean, like, we've had like city, just because like I'm involved in that scene here, so that's kind of more what I know, but like we've had... I mean, like cities would okay permits for outdoor shows and next day the county would pull them. I mean, like clubs are losing, like just hemorrhaging money and it sucks. It's sad. I mean, for most of our venues are small independently owned venues and theaters all over the country that support this industry. And and they're just, I mean, they're closing left and right. It all boils down to that. It's that late stage capitalism shit. Like they'd rather keep malls open than help people. They'd rather keep these banks. Like, and that's the thing too, is like these banks make enough money, <laughs> like no matter what, Amazon has made more money than ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're fine. Like the people who aren't fine are the people who are going to buy the products or use the services. And those are the people who could use the money. But like in, in this late stage capitalism shit, like they literally just don't give a shit about how people are doing. They only look at the overheads that these fucking companies are making because half of it is the fact that like what you said earlier, the congressman or whatever, who's making to 300k 300k a year is getting, we all know is, that's bullshit yeah, is getting made like they're getting gifts of fucking like campaign contributions of like a hundred thousand two hundred thousand dollars from these corporations that they now vote in favor of instead of voting in favor of their constituents which is how the government and democracy is supposed to work but it's not because it's not about that i know when i've worked with people who have gone onto the Hill, everybody says the same thing. Their first year, they're idealistic and they think, oh, I can, I can make a change. I can make a difference. After that, uh, doesn't happen. You yeah. know, after they're reelected, yeah. just it's all about, okay, how do I stay in my seat? Yeah. Well, luckily we have, you know, the Ilhan Omars and the, the, the AOCs and the Rashida Tlaibs and all these people who actually don't take money from these big fucking things so that they, they can actually fight for things that matter. And, of course, Chairman Sanders is fucking awesome. My dad got me a Bernie Sanders t-shirt for Christmas because, like, a good <laughs> socialist, he waited till it was on sale and he was no longer running. Nice. <laughs> we need Bernie Sanders sitting in more chairs. We need him sitting on the casting couch. <laughs> right? I saw some great... Th those memes were fantastic. I totally fucked that up, too. I have similar mittens, and I was going to... Yeah, oh, that would have been great. Totally fucked it up. I didn't think about it till like the meme was already dead. I was like, God damn it! I never wear mittens here. <laughs> I have my I have my uh, not me us shirt. So I think it's in the washer right now. It's in the dryer. Yeah, I still have that Bernie campaign shirt. I still have the Bernie app on my phone. The Burn app. <laughs> oh man! But you know, Biden is a person, so that's cool. He exists. Yeah. <laughs> He's not Trump. That's what I voted for. Right. <laughs> that, was like, that was the whole thing. <laughs> I just You know what? And now only the people tweeting about policy are policy wonks, and I will take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would love the news to just be boring again. Yeah. I want it to be boring. And it depends on which news you watch, too. Because, like, I watch... I don't know. Do you guys know what Democracy Now! is? It's another really great... Yeah, I watch Democracy Now! Like, the left community jokingly calls it Democracy Now! Because, like... So much of the world news is just like cripplingly terrifying. It is what it is. But they're they're a solid news source, and I like them a lot. I always like like TYT and stuff too. I'm, I'm not a TYT guy anymore. Like I, I mean, I'll still watch it if it's on, I guess. But oh, I haven't watched them in years. Yeah, I like read. I mean, I read like the New York Times, the LA Times, and whatever 
my hometown paper. I had to explain to my grandma like the, what the fairness doctrine is the other day. She didn't know you could like lie on TV. Oh, yeah. She's like 85. And I was like, yeah, grandma, you know, you can like lie like on the news. Like I can go on Fox News and tell you that the sky is green and that's totally fine. And she's like, what? And I was like, did you not know? And I was like, then I like had this realization. I was like, oh, my God, like all of yeah. these old people that are so vulnerable to these like conspiracy theories anyways that are already targeted at them. Holy shit. They don't even know that you can lie on the news because as soon as I told her that she was like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, and yeah. you could you could go on Tucker Carlson and say the sky's green, and he would find a way to like turn this to be like why trans people shouldn't use the same bathrooms as cis people. It's just like this is the news. Like, <laughs> here's a question: Do trans people also see the sky as blue? Do we? We don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's just have like, they messaged us? Have they commented about on our forums <laughs> about this? No, right? I checked trans Twitter and I haven't heard anything about it, so I don't know. But yeah, it, it's it's insane. Gonna launch like, a new conspiracy theory. My grandparents are the same way. Like, well, that's most of what like the like Fox News is is fucking conspiracy theories anyway. Like, I, I know we're supposed to not like be super like on point about like this is happening today but like you know it's like with the marjorie taylor green thing like she can sit here and talk about jewish space lasers and then fox news turns it into well ilhan omar isn't a fan of the state of israel that much and they're like okay what so is, first like, off she she wasn't specific there's three jewish space lasers oh, okay. there's a milik there's a meat there's a dairy and then there's one for passover oh, okay cool is that which one i guess we just have to figure out which one started the fire yeah <laughs> the passover passover okay makes so sense. Was, yeah yeah <laughs> i saw a really great joke the other day and i don't know who to attribute it to but it was like uh it was one of my friends who's a jewish comedian was like uh don't you think if we had access to laser technology, like the BRIS process would be a little more streamlined at this point? <laughs> oh my God, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's, I, I, that's another thing too, is I fucking love, I have such a respect for comedy. You can take these like insane narratives that were just really spoon fed to us like throughout the entire Trump era and comedians can take this these horrible things that are being said and these like crazy conspiracy theories and make them into something we can laugh at and disregard as opposed right. to you know what i mean it's really a powerful thing that like the social commentary part of like comedy like those all the all the comedians i like the most have always been like the social commentary type bill hicks yeah carlin like all, all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff where, like those guys bill hicks and carlin were the ones that like got me really questioning like when i was ending my terms of like religion and stuff when i was yeah. ending, like my christianity type thing that my mom pushed on me was a lot of like watching carlin and stuff and i was just like fuck like, these are all the questions that i asked yeah. that i got in trouble for asking and now like there's a person who's like can make it funny you know and make it like actually mind expanding and yeah it's Right? Cool. Like, wait a second, this is ridiculous. The yeah. world that we live in. Yeah, I think you've done that because I always have that attitude where I just think everything yeah. is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And so I'm just like, I I don't I'm like I don't understand why you guys don't think this is insane. Like let yeah. me <laughs> It's more shocking that you think this is normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so speaking of comedy, um, so we actually it's so rare, I feel like, we have a male performer on this show for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. We always get, like, male comedians on. Yeah. Uh, well, then again, male comedians will do anything. Um, way more <laughs> than, like, male porn performers. <laughs> so I have to ask, uh, as far as, you know, a male performer, what are some, like, behind-the-scenes things that 
the plebes like myself just don't know. I mean, I feel like I have an idea of how close the cameraman gets to like your face when holding the camera mm -hmm. over like your shoulder. But can you go into detail about what am I missing? There's, I mean, like POV, like people don't always understand how that's shot. How do they get that camera angle? It's because a lot of times there's basically a camera guy like wrapping his arms around your shoulders. And just like pointing down. Yeah, yeah. it's insane. There was actually a one POV scene we did a long time. Cause like I used to hate, like when I would get booked for like POV shit, I'm such a princess. I would just, I would have a tantrum in my mind about it. Cause I'm like, I don't get to do anything. I just have to fucking lay there like flat with my arms down. Like this is terrible. And there was one director who's like good friend. He's a really, really cool guy who he, uh, he has a real long beard, right? And so he would always tie it up, like when he was <laughs> like, "All right, we'll be." So he tie it up, but <laughs> I would always pull it down and start braiding it. Like I would like braid <laughs> his beard <laughs> while like they were shooting blowjob or something. He'd be like, "Oh my fucking god, dude!" <laughs> like it was so funny. Like we used to have so much fun with it. Tony Rebus and I got turned into a meme one time, which like got to like the front page of Reddit, which was awesome. Amazing. Of like him like like goblin squatting like on the counter behind me while I was standing and like his face right beside mine, like with the camera over my shoulders. And it's a, it's a great meme. I wish I could find that meme. It's awesome. P yeah. People definitely don't know that that's like a thing. I didn't realize you had to stay still. Yeah. For POV, you just have to lay there. It's worse for VR. For VR, they have yeah, to lay so, so they worse. have a walker that's like almost like my chair where they can like support themselves it's crazy i'm glad they found that at some point because back when i shot vr there was none of that shit and we just had to figure it out like like we just had to figure out how we could like move an inch to like feel a thing you know it's <laughs> hard with their pants too because you have to as the girl you take the guy's pants off in vr but you he can't really help you so he can like pop yeah. his booty up a little bit but then you gotta like yeah. I got really good at it because I did it for a while. So I'd like <laughs> scoop my hands under and like pull them down. <laughs> be like, no zipper, no zipper. Like, don't yeah. make any. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. And I've kind of developed a, um, like a sign language on set that we use. It's like an un unspoken communication between like directors and I, like we're like. You directors and Coco the gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm Coco here. And uh, so basically like in the middle of a thing, like if I do this, it always means like give lube. You know what I mean? It's like that's that's my cocoa sign for give lube, right? Mm -hmm. And then like uh, like if there was like a baby wipe, if the baby wipes are over there and like I'm they're in a sh like tight shot and I can go like this, I'll always like do like a wiping motion with my hand. <laughs> and it's like okay, so the PA like grabs baby wipes and then uh, I'll point to something if I'm like, hey, I'm gonna do like if I'm gonna do a move or open in a certain way to like make this a better like shot for you, I'll like reach over and like point down to the area. And then they're like, okay, and they'll move, and then I'll like move the girl to that point, and like do whatever I'm doing. Yeah, it's it's interesting, like how we've developed ways to talk without talking. And then, oh, the, the most important one for me is like, dude, I I don't know if my feet just get sweaty sometimes, <laughs> but like, if we're ever shooting on like a carpet that moves, like that's not like on the like fastened to the floor, or I don't know, a slippery like oiled surface or like what you know whatever that is, I'll like slide my foot on the floor like dramatically. Right. Like I'll slide by what, whatever foot slipping, I'll like keep doing it like dramatically, but not cutting from what I'm doing. So like, oh shit, the floor's wet, like put a towel down or something so we can get some like grip. You know what I mean? So like, I always, I never, I hate cutting. Like I fucking hate cutting yeah. so much. I hate for the moments to be like ruined or the train to come off the tracks. 
It's like, I always try to communicate everything to the director without like the camera seeing that I'm communicating anything. Well, I also feel so bad because it feels like you guys have to keep a heart on for like, it sounds like several hours or at least like two. No, if like, especially for like mind geek stuff, like we, we've got it, all the companies that I shoot for, we got it pretty streamlined as to like how we do everything, you know, for stills, it's, you know, 30, 40 minutes for stills. And the scene is about 40 minutes, usually 35, 40 minutes of that. And like, I have no issue going down and coming back up. Like if we had to stop for a reason, I have like a twisted, like sex brain. So it's just like, I just like, am like, Oh, you want me to go again? Like, fuck it. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I started, like, sometimes I'll pop twice if I'm like having a fun day. I'd be like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, or like, like that happens, like, especially in scenes where like something just feels too good. And I'm like, listen, like I know we're a position in, I'll do like the thing to the director. Like, cause like the directors all know that I can usually like, I've never had a problem not doing it, but like I can come and then just keep fucking and then come again at the end. And so I'll just always like look to the director and be like, eh. like, <laughs> like this is really good. Like I gotta, like, I, cause otherwise I'm gonna have to sit there and like baby the scene. Like, and I'd rather fucking be going like full tilt, like a Peterbilt the whole time, you know? So I, I would rather like knock one out and then just, Especially if the girls, it's easier to do if a girl's okay with cream pies too, because depending on like what the girl wants, you know, you can either like wipe it off or like make sure there's no semen interaction with vaginas, especially if the girl likes cream pies, like I'll just cream pie first and then pull out, show it to the camera and then just like fuck back into it. And like that to me, like I won't even like, I won't go down for a second for that because that's the hottest fucking thing in the world to me. So I just like, I see one and like a cream pie and I'm just like, yes, like get in there. Like you're not done. Like, and so like, <laughs> like get in there, kid. Like, you, you know what you're doing? Yeah. So like, that's always like the best is cause like, that's easiest to do that way rather than like pull out and come on her and then have to wipe down. But if she also doesn't mind, if you don't wipe down, like if, you know, that's pretty much it. Like the only thing I don't like doing is like when we have to like stop a whole scene, like for any reason, you know what I mean? Like if, if the girl wants to cut totally fine, but like, I only cut in like the most dire situation where I'm like bleeding. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, I've had that happen where like, I've, what? yeah, we were shooting a DP. It was me, Marcus Dupree and, uh, Adriana Chechik. And I had gotten off the couch. Like we were in this like DP position. We were all shifting. So I had to like, kind of move quickly to like, not hurt Adriana. And we're getting off the couch like that. And I like smacked my shin on this terribly sharp couch. <laughs> and like, I hit my shin and I just looked down and I have this massive gash. Out of my, like, I still have a scar. It's like right there. I don't know if you can see that. Oh yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. So I fucking gashed the shit out of my leg. They were still fucking. And so I just went off camera and I was like, Hey, can we like get something? for this and they ended up having to cut because it was bleeding really bad but like i <laughs> i was like yeah they were like oh do you want to take like 20 minutes or something like are you okay and i was like yeah let's just wrap it up put a band-aid on it let's wrap it up and like get back in there and they're like okay <laughs> and so like i cleared it with like i was like hey like just so you guys know like you know adriana and marcus i was like i'm i'm cut here and if you guys you know want me to like step out of the scene for now and be done like that's fine with me if you guys are comfortable with it but also like if you guys are comfortable i can clean it off and just keep going no problem and they're like yeah fucking let's do it and i was like cool so i just like alcohol wipes and fucking did whatever and then just wrapped it up and just kept going with the scene so there's a point in the scene like where i don't have a bandage on my leg and then all of a sudden i do 
<laughs> so movie magic. Yeah. I was about to say I, I would love that because I'd be watching and be like, wait a minute, hold on. We get we have to re- rewind. Yeah. When did he get the bandage on? I would know this at detail. Yeah, he's like, why does he have dino damage now? Like, why is there like, <laughs> why is there like, why is he damaged? Those are the kind of situations where I want to cut, you know, or like if not, like I try to fight through like whatever. Yeah, I feel like everyone prefers like every time we would cut, I would just see like the clock in my mind like ticking up like we're going to be here another 20 minutes and 30 because it would just yeah. be like I'm the same way. I would always with my like male co-stars beforehand, like my only big one was that like, you know, if I need to readjust or I need you to slow down, I'm going to like smack your thigh. Yeah. Like two or three times and be like and then just ease up. Let me like. Because it's always going to be just like a teeny tiny angle adjustment, especially for me because I have like a shallow pussy. So like sometimes like in the right angle, it's great. But if it's the wrong one, holy fucking shit. Like this is torture. Yeah. Yeah. So like I would just do the little tap. And then I always wanted, I would always ask directors. I Male performers do so much more work. Fucking crucify me for this if you want. (laughs) I think they work so much harder. I feel like almost every... Barring a few male performers, and this is more on those performers oh, there, than it is. There's male performers that don't work very hard. Yeah. That don't work very hard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, a wait a minute, wait a minute. Performer. For the lay people like myself, what does it mean for them not to work hard? Fucking oh, starfish. Fuck, yeah. But to be fair, there's female starfish as well. Yes. Like. Yeah, of course. Everyone knows about the female starfish, but yeah. there's... Okay, so at least a male starfish, they're great for POV. <sighs> Ish, based on what you're told supposed me? to have passion. I mean, it's supposed to be like a dance, oh. right? To both people are supposed to be interacting, but at least, especially for me, because I mean, and I, I do think it's a little different with like MILF porn, where they're supposed to be more in charge. But everything I always did, I was usually like the more submissive partner. So I'm not supposed to be grabbing this huge dude and like moving him. That's not even physically, that doesn't make sense. Mm. So like a good male performer will know where to like grab on your body. It's not going to hurt, but they're guiding you into whatever position. They're physically bigger. I mean, I'm like five feet tall, but you have to, and I'll go, I'll know what you're doing, but like, you know, we have to work together. And so for them to be timing it out of how much time we need in doggy, how much time we need in mish. Like I would always ask the directors to do this, like when you need us to switch up positions, like don't cut to switch positions. We'll switch. Oh my and God. And we'll talk it out which ones we need. Oh, it's so fucking annoying. Oh, yeah, it's like, we'll talk out which ones we're going to do beforehand. And if you don't care what order they come in, then just go and we'll move into whatever is going to come. Because it's, we know yeah. where our bodies are going to land and like how to transition out of Mish into Cowgirl into Dottie, whatever. Like, we know how to do that where it's going to look good. Right. But like, in certain positions, it's going to be easier than others, you know? So it's a like communication. It's directors so who over direct, like, honestly. <laughs> Maybe this is just another Xander princess thing, but like, <laughs> don't fucking direct me when I'm having sex. Like, you're like, I know what I'm doing. Like, I know how to, I know how to get the shots. You tell me what you want and I'll deliver the thing. Right. Like, but like, there's, there's some directors who like, I'm going to tag every director who you've ever worked with. Yeah, for good. This episode. And there's certain directors who know I'm not working with them because they like, literally there's people who will sit there like in a chair with a camera and then tell you to move everything to fit their shot. It's like, get your stupid fucking ass off the chair and get your shot. Like we have a finite space that we can work yeah. with here. Right. Like, I'm sorry that you suck at lighting and you can't like figure out how to light a set or something, but like we have this, like sometimes it's a very small area. Sometimes we have like a, like a small couch or like a chair to work with. We have to make this work. You do your job, which is getting the shots and stuff. 
And like good directors have no issue with that. Like none of the mind geek directors that I work for or have worked for really like have any issues with that at all. Most directors that I've worked with in the industry don't have that kind of issue, but there is those people who just like will blame. They'll blame it a talent. Yeah. yeah. It's the same guy who blames the girl. Cause he can't get hard. Like sometimes it's like, mm, you got to work on you, bud. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, it's that kind of same, same energy where it's like, dude, we're all supposed to be doing our things the best we can together. You're supposed to be being the best director, camera person, whatever you can be. Your sound guy is supposed to be like a sound guy. Wouldn't like be sitting there with a boom or sound person, whatever wouldn't be sitting there with a boom and then be like, Hey, can you guys all move the set forward? No fucking extend that shit and get the sound. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it's no, it's not going to work like that. (laughs) I hate that so much. And plus I'm, I'm not a person who's, I'm not going to do a scene. That's just like, okay, it's here's, uh, doggy mish fucking spoon and cowgirl like i'm gonna do weird iterations of that because i've been doing this for almost 13 years and it's boring sometimes yeah like if i'm just doing the regular positions it's boring like porn gets boring like it definitely does so unless you do some different shit like invent a new position like you know what i mean do like a fucking thing like do something weird like there's one that i do that i like a lot where like if a girl's in like reverse or regular i'll just turn her sideways and like cup her legs up here like on the side and have her back in this arm and just be like moving her up and down like this. So she's like sideways, like sitting like this kind of on me. And I'm like lifting and like doing it that way. And like, that looks super cool and it's different. And like, I didn't invent that shit. Like somebody's done everything. Like, but it's like, you know what I mean? Like I like to give a different look to a scene and like do different stuff. Cause yeah, like I said, it just gets boring. And that sounds awesome and, like, something I need to try later tonight. Do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Just be careful. That's one where it takes quite a bit of strength with <laughs> in both. Yeah. The worst part is when you're dating someone who has back problems. God damn it. Okay. Well, just get him here. <laughs> get him, like, here. Wait, wait, wait. I'm getting tips on how to, yeah, you know, like, get, get him stuff done with back problems. Perfect. Just off the side of the bed, right? Like, with his butt hanging off. And then your legs up in this arm and your back in this arm. And then he can just barely move up and down here and just rest all your weight like on his chest. And he just reaches up with his, with his painter. And there you go. Uh, patrons can watch this video tutorial <laughs> over at patreoncom slash two girls on Mike. You're welcome. <laughs> I know you've just come out with some fantastic films that have been nominated for some AVNs and XBiz awards. Where can our listeners check out all your stuff? It would be all the uh, the Mind Geek sites, so browsers, digital playground. Did they produce um, the "It's Always Sunny" parody? Because yeah, I loved you on that. They did. Yeah, I wrote that. That was me. No shit. Yeah, I wrote that. Yeah, <laughs> that was my baby. You for just years. like shot up to the top <laughs> of my like list. I'm a big Sunny fan, so like it was. <sighs> I think people were confused for a little bit too because like, <laughs> like, or no, Tiffany was confused at the beginning because she hit me up one day after we'd like shown like some of the pictures of it and she's like, Hey, I don't know why, but like, are you guys fans of the show? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she's like, I don't know why, but like everybody's calling me a bird. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> no, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Like that means you nailed D cause like that's, they call her, they she often refer to her as a bird in the show. <laughs> and so that's why like they're, they're saying that they're not calling you a bird. You're amazing and beautiful. Like D's character is referred to as a bird a lot. And I was like, that means that you nailed the role. Like you're doing great. 
And that was a really fun movie to do. The highlight, I would say, hands down, was after she did, a, like, it's towards, I want to say, three quarters till the end, when she's doing, like, a pretty girl scene uh, in front of a camera touching herself. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Green Man yeah. throws a ball, hits her, yeah. and then just <laughs> jumps out and says, Green Man! Yeah. Was, I just, I love that. <laughs> you don't understand. Yeah. I think the worst part, though, was I was around some, I didn't realize that I was around some non-fans of It's Always Sunny, and I was describing the scene, and then I showed them the scene. They didn't understand how why it was funny and why yeah. I was enjoying this so much, so I just yeah. showed a room full of people on a projector screen that part <laughs> of the porn. Yeah. <laughs> and that is definitely top Top 10 most awkward moments. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a bunch of like very like you have to watch the show a lot to get these jokes. And like I thought like the, the one of the most sunny moments of it was the the part when, you know, they're all at the bar and they're talking about D show your tits, whatever. And then just Frank just comes in and sets the thing down and then you're making a porno and then it goes or we're making a porno and then it goes to the credits. And I was like, that's how those episodes start. Like they, yeah. a scheme happens and then the episode starts. And I tried to like exactly. write as much as I could into like the episode, uh, the Charlie writes a musical episode. Like I tried to write <laughs> a bunch of like ones. that vibe into it where Charlie like gets obsessed with being like the DP, <laughs> you know, being the director <laughs> of the thing. And Tommy pistol dude is just, I love Tommy he, he He's is, on another level. Yeah. yeah. He is just unbelievable. Like one of the funnest, funniest, sweetest, most amazing humans I've met since I've been in porn. Like I love, I love that man. <laughs> Tommy Pistol and I did a gangbang one time and then we went to go see Jim Jeffries at the Roxy afterwards. <laughs> oh, nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm an extra ticket. Do you want to come with me? He's like, yeah, let's go after the gangbang. I was like, cool. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a fun one. And like the summoning was great too, like because I wanted to basically the like, the whole vibe I wanted to give with the summoning. I don't know if you guys saw that. Did you with the horror Not movie? Not yet. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's the horror movie we did. And it's me, Romy Rain. And that's the one that was uh, nominated for all those awards. I think so. I don't pay attention to awards stuff. Um yeah, like like we were actually we were playing D D the night that it happened. Like I guess the last whatever award show was last. X Biz. Some, was uh, it? I thought was it was AVN. AVN? I think it was AVN, yeah. Oh, yeah. AVN, and, like, shit. Sorry, my brain. Yeah, like, I didn't... Like, one of our other players in one of the games is, like, a performer as well. So she was, like, doing the thing, like, where she was at the show. And I had no idea that any of this stuff was happening. And, like, because I just... I don't care about award shows. <laughs> like, I like I like what AVN and XBiz and stuff do as publications. And it gives, like, a lot of awareness and, like, knowledge about the sex industry, the porn industry, and all that stuff. And it's, that's fucking great. But I, I find award shows to be counterproductive to any kind of unity we would want to build as sex workers in general. Yeah. I personally just don't want to take part in them. Like, I used to before I, like, before I understood the world as well as I do, kind of, now. <laughs> and it's just not something I, I want to be a part of, really. I guess for some people, they see it as motivation, you know, to something to aspire to work-wise. I mean, I know that I was once part of a work environment where we had something really similar and it was super motivating. And then once I got to, you know, a veteran level, I didn't care for it much anymore. So mm. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I think it's really important to highlight too that like everyone always calls AVN like the Oscars of porn. And while it is like our biggest award show, it's not voted on the way that the Oscars are. So, like, it's just not going to be... And, like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, I have a joke about this, but, like, dude, if you fucking need a trophy for yeah. giving a blowjob, I'm so sorry. Like, if the recognition <laughs> of your peers was what you wanted, the load on your yeah. face afterwards should have been enough. Yeah, I like, agree. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't... Yeah. 
No, and I get that. Like, I just feel like I understand why people think it's important, but I think, or why people like look up to it as like a thing where they're like, oh, like this is an achievement. And that's beautiful. Like, I love people to feel that way. I love people to have that. But like you said, a lot of times award shows, voting systems and all this other stuff isn't really about who did the greatest work. Mm -hmm. It's about. Yeah. It's about money and campaigns and And yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, so I, I find it to be very counterproductive in the, in the ways like where people, I've seen people do incredible scenes and then like a scene will win like most outrageous or win like, you know, this thing. And like, it's like, you look at the two different scenes and you're like, oh, this one, because this company has more influence. Like clearly this was the wilder fucking thing. Like this was crazy. And this was like kind of crazy. And you're just like, oh, okay, I, I get it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. It, it kind of just reminds me of like almost like high school democracy. You know what I mean? Like, or it's just the popular kid wins the election. And it's like, that's not the smartest kid who would have got the most stuff done at the school, but fine, have fun. Yeah. It's a popularity <laughs> you know contest I mean? and it's a marketing yeah. gimmick. It's, it's a marketing Absolutely. machine. Absolutely. Eventually that's yeah. what it is. I've always said that like if you, it is so fucking hard and competitive to have a career in adult film like if you are working on a regular basis and you are paying your bills in adult film you're successful absolutely the only fucking bar and i think that that a lot of things remove the validity from people who who have worked so hard you know what i mean who have done so much in this industry and sex workers aren't appreciated anyway like anywhere in the world (laughs) you know what i mean so like i think uh, the idea of like i don't know some arbitrary like ceremony of like pop a popularity contest isn't helpful to people who have worked harder in smaller places than whoever is considered socially successful i don't know it, it, for me it's it's like a whole thing at just everything boils back to like my fucking lefty socialist fucking ideals <laughs> and i just think that all like all of us all of us as sex workers should be more appreciated rather than a trophy being something that validates who you are like you're valid as a sex worker you're valid as a person who can do this job and stay sane and honestly like make a difference <laughs> you know what i mean like that's you as a sex worker just just showing the world that you can do something that you love and make a positive career about it and having a positive effect on other people it's hard and i and i know i speak from like like i came from you know obviously nothing just like so many other people in this industry like we're all, like i always refer to like the sex industry in general as like the island of misfit toys <laughs> like, not many people came to porn with a silver spoon in their mouth <laughs> you know what i mean it's like that's not how it's not how you arrive at sex work usually are there porn stars with silver spoons in their mouth i've been accused of being one <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i had a girl get really mad at me on on twitter one time for saying i, I said something and she's like sorry i'm not gonna take the advice of a rich kid who's just doing porn to piss off their parents and i was like that's hilarious because there was a lot of easier ways to piss them off than this one <laughs> like this one took a lot of dedication so yeah. and i think as a sex worker like society we should be we should be working towards helping each other like with whether it's mutual aid whether it's like you know just being fucking nice to each other and not like stopping this like you see the amount of competition and hate and fucking people crying at these shows because they work so hard and couldn't get their award but somebody else gets it and whether or not they deserved it doesn't matter it causes more upset than it causes happiness therefore i don't find it to be something valid or needed in my opinion other people have the freedom to think differently, but that, that's, I don't find it to be a net positive, is what I'm saying. 
I could see how award shows, I mean, clearly go against, you know, communist ideals. It's not, it's not our trophy. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. And also the, the performers aren't like the performers have to pay for hotel rooms. Yeah. We have to fucking come there. And, and, and a lot of times work these things for like, not a lot of money and like whatever else we're like, all this money was spent to build this. Oh, oh, look at this stage and look at this. Oh, like my God, this whole production to get some fucking dipshit celebrity that nobody fucking cares about to come up on stage and be like, yeah, porn, cool. Like, no, like, excuse we, me, you but know they what paid we could Diplo fucking use? To lip sync. Yeah, we could we could use some fucking healthcare. We could use yeah. a plan in case there's a pandemic. Anything like that, like some kind of insurance policy or a union we could fucking work towards to like make us have a safety net and feel better as human beings. Like that would be fucking cool. But instead, millions and millions of dollars are spent on these arbitrary, dumb fucking like talent shows that aren't even like, you know what I mean? Yeah. As sex workers, we could use a lot more than a fucking trophy. And I don't know exactly how much it costs for male performers to do these award shows. I know how much it costs for me. It's very hard as a female performer to get in oh and out God. of AVN for less than Your five dresses, grand. dresses? The fucking Yeah, dude. five grand is kind of... Yeah, makeup, hair Ugh. and makeup. My hair and makeup for the week of AVN for four days is $800. Yeah. And I share my makeup artists with 11 other girls. Yeah, dude. Like, I see, I... Last year, I got my dress at Goodwill. I wildly appreciate what all the publications that we have that talk about sex work and promote sex work and do all this stuff get us, right? I love that. I love the articles and the cool things that they write about and all the support that's given to us that way. Personally, I find the idea of an award show as, and and, and, as I said, like I've won several awards. Like this is coming from a person who's also won several awards that I no longer am in possession of because I don't care. (laughs) But like there was a point where I was like about it too and I thought it was important, but I didn't let it ruin my day. I think a lot more attention should be paid to this industry supporting itself and each other as comrades and as like fellow sex workers and creating a, a space of love and support and understanding. Because a lot of people like, you know, doing sex work and stuff removes a lot of people from their families. It removes a lot of people from like a lot of the world that they would have known before sex work. And I think these businesses with all this money and all this other stuff could be reaching out a lot more to do positive social health work opposed to just like blowing a bunch of money doing a show. I agree. I mean, like I said, I'm pretty confident they paid Diplo between two to four million dollars and they just played recording while he was up there DJing, pretending to DJ. That money did not have to go there. That was a waste. Yeah. Let's be honest. Plus, I had to sit there through it and I'm not that big of a fan and there's never enough chairs on the floor, (laughs) ever. And because I'm small, I always have to share a chair with Liv who is also small, but the two of our butts <laughs> don't fit on one chair. Yeah. And see, and, and that's another thing too, is like how, how exclusionary that is. I've always had a pass to go to the thing. Yeah. That's always something oh, I've I had. Oh, I do too. There's just that golden circle. There's like, there's never enough chairs. Yeah. I've, I've always had a pass to go there. Half the time I'm not there <laughs> because I would rather be like back when I, was, I don't drink anymore, but like back when I was drinking, I would rather be out there with fans and like other, my friends and stuff like at a bar or fucking doing some fun shit, like getting fucking wild and doing whatever rather than be at this thing. I agree with you. I'd way rather be at the circle bar. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I've always found like that the most fun parts of like award shows or expos and stuff like that for me was hanging out with fans hanging out with friends and drinking and fucking doing whatever was fun there with people right with your fucking comrades with these other sex workers who you've worked with so much and known for years and had all these like interactions with spending time with all these people in a in a space that were appreciated like that's and i want to make clear too like i love the idea of the avian expo i love the idea of 
sex expos. People being able to network. People Absolutely. Being able to Fucking brilliant. See, I love that you shit. You know, their favorite performer, be able to interact. Absolutely. See, they're a human being. Yeah, it's really fucking cool. You know, I, I think that that's people great. People being able to market themselves. Yeah, like I was saying, I just think that the idea of like the award show itself, I don't like that. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So, Sorry, I'm ranting. Uh, I just got. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I, apparently, this is a really sore spot. <laughs> so, Xander, where can our uh, listeners find more of you? I'm on t- uh, Twitter at, at xcorvus777. I'm on uh, Instagram at Zantastic Voyage. So, just Fantastic Voyage, but with an X instead of an F. OnlyFans is the same thing. It's xcor- onlyfans.com slash xcorvus777. The coolest thing you could do would be to go to patreon.com slash newleaf community or patreon.com slash suede Vegas, S W A I D Vegas, and support our mutual aid fund and our group that builds the houses for the unhoused in Las Vegas. So that would be super cool. Like, I don't like follow me if you want. Like, you're just going to get weird socialist rants and fucking others, <laughs> like, like shit like that. Also, hey, one other thing, and this this will be the shameless plug that I'll do, is if you want to watch me play video games and hang out, I'm actually going to be on Twitch as soon as we're done with this. I'm going to be playing on um, twitch.tv slash xcorvus777. Sweet. Thanks for hanging out with us. This is fun. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I I really appreciate it. You guys are cool as fuck. Thank you. Uh And uh, we do have uh, some patrons to thank, as usual, this week. And this week, we want to thank Timothy Hamilton, Mark Romer, Leon Kassib, Carl, Dave Wiener, Damian Saunders, Jimmy Lee, Jason Prater, Patrick Adamo, Mr. Danks, Mike Sorbetsko, Sonia Eau Bonnie, and many, many others. And again, you want to become a patron, see the video version of this, head on over to patreon.com slash twogirlsonmike or twogirlsonmike.com and hit the support button. But Kate, where can our listeners find you and your new show? You can find my new show at camgirlpod.com. It is called Camgirl Chronicles presented by I'm Live. You can interact with the show and vote for your favorites. Sorry, it is kind of a competition. Oh, <laughs> no, I feel bad about it. <laughs> it's called Munch And that's Madness. fine because it's actually it's really voted fun. on by people. It is. That's it's fine. voted on by people. And yeah. uh, these girls win like the publicity. They get uh, featured on the cam site. So we're trying to drive traffic for them, which is really cool. Um, but you can go to camgirlpod.com to interact with the show. You can also listen to it anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, iTunes, Spotify, etc. And the first episode comes out February 14th. It comes out every Sunday after that. You can find me on Twitter at the OG Kennedy. That's the is in the original gangster OG Kennedy. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the PG Kennedy because it is safe for work. You can find my OnlyFans at theogkennedy.com and you can find my personal website with like links to everything else at semiprocockjockey.com. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> there you go. Guys, you can find me, Alice, at Rational Blonde on Twitter. But, of course, you can find the show at all places at TGOM Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm getting better. I swear to God uh, about Instagram. I, I suck at it, but I will do it eventually. I'm doing it, kind of. I'm scheduling stuff. I have some tips so, for you later if you want. I've been trying to get better uh, at it the last year, too. And I found some I little just don't life want hacks. To. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, you guys can listen to us again next week. Bye-bye.